Rika Technologies and GodAndAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello. <laughs> I'll never be able to say hello, everybody, again. Just say hi. Hi. Are, are, are you hi? <laughs> Greetings. No. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That works. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, uh, everyone. Greetings and salutations, fellow friends. Um, hello, this is uh, Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia. This is Incubate This in podcast partnership with The Rika Show. And uh, we're working on Cynthia's greetings. I'll probably never be able to say hello without it sounding really bizarre ever again in my life. Uh, maybe just not on camera. I don't know. And we're not even on camera, on tape. It's not tape, it's computer, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So today we thought we would spend a little time uh, talking about, you know, we, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What people forget is we are entrepreneurs. Yep. Uh, the, the whole idea of building an incubator around helping people test their products, test their ideas in the market, and then get those products to market and have them be profitable businesses you know, making money uh, at whatever level, at whatever level is possible, that is in itself a business. Um, and it has its own set of challenges and its ups and its downs. And, but at the, at the heart of it, we are also entrepreneurs having an entrepreneurial experience. And so we thought it'd be kind of interesting to, yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a day of that. I can tell. Um, we thought it would be really interesting given that each of us has different backgrounds and experiences with having built businesses before or not for Grant. I I think this is the first time you've ever done your, gone out on your own, right? No, the beginning of the century. Okay. During the dot-com crash, I was with somebody for a couple of years. I contracted myself for a year and then we partnered up. Okay. Okay. So you have done this once but before. It yeah. It, there was no business to it really. It was just... You know, we knew some people who needed work done and we did a couple of jobs for people that, that we knew. Needed some work done. Yeah. There was no, we didn't do any marketing or advertising. You had a product though. Yeah, we did a product. We just never, actually we hired a big marketer for that. We Mm. spent money on that. Mm. And that was a case where, um, and I'm only bringing it up because it happens to a lot of people of it's, it's still not ready to put out there. Yeah. And every single day my partner felt that we needed to add something to it or change something before we put it out there in front of everybody. And, and I'll just mention this was in 2002 and we had Ajax in our JavaScript. Yeah. And when we showed people how that worked, we, that was just a, a little tiny part of Nobody what we knew what doing. Ajax hadn't even been coined as a no, term. That was, that was two years before, but, um, on internet Explorer, they had the XML HTTP request object. And we said, what the F is that? And started working with it. And so we were doing things like, you know, click this thing here and the table updates with the new data without refreshing the page. And we were at the Rocky Mountain Internet Users Groups meetings showing some of that to a couple developers and their jaws just dropped open Mm. that we weren't reloading the page to change the data on the page. And unfortunately, that was only about 20% of what our product was. Our product was really an XML programming language for websites. And we didn't think anything of that Ajax stuff. We didn't think that was that big of a deal come to find, you know, of course it took over web development and 
Yeah, it'd have been a big star talking at conferences if we had gotten our product out in front of people at the mm-hmm. time because it had Ajax in 2002. Yeah. And a, a part of the reason it sounds like you're saying, <laughs> Grant's crying. It would be called Grant Jacks now. He, he's Grant Jacks. Grant Jacks. A Grant. <laughs> he's sobbing into his microphone. Uh, careful because there's electricity running into your microphone there. So don't get too many tears on it. You'll electrocute yourself. Um, but it sounds like you're, you're saying that one of the reasons why maybe you didn't have as much success as you could have is something that we see with a lot of our entrepreneurs, which is almost like analysis paralysis or I can't put it out till it's perfect. It's never good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I, I would, I would imagine that's cause I had the same experience. Mm, talk about years yours. later. Yeah. Talk about your we were, we were coming out with, um, this was when Android didn't really have an app store. Yeah. You know, Google kind of, kind of had something, but not nearly like what they have now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we came out, we said, Hey, why doesn't, why doesn't Android have an app store like Apple has an app store? Yeah. Where it's refined, where we're, we're checking these apps for, for viruses and that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, we, we did the same thing. It's got to be perfect. It's got to have this feature. It's got to have that feature. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'll never forget, me and the family are going to like Texas Roadhouse and my partner sends, this, sends me this text and it's Amazon as starting their own app store. And we're like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. You know, we took yeah. too long. Yeah. And we pivoted a little bit, but it just, you know, and other things happened. Yeah. Life just got in the way, but yeah, um, mostly for me. But um, yeah, uh, would we have been successful had we went ahead and put it out? I don't Who know. Knows? But it never got out there. It so never got out there. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, okay. So Grant, you were involved with something one time in the past. You've done this, Daryl, twice. This was, this is your third time kind of trying to strike out or? I mean, I've dipped my toe many okay. times. Okay. Um, but there's be nimble too. Yeah. Like that. I've done a lot of side efforts with yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I dipped my toe. Um, you know, I kind of had my own consultancy during the dot-com bust. Okay. Um, which brought me out here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, earnestly like this probably twice. Okay. Okay. So, There are, I would argue there are a lot of developers, programmers like us who strike out on their own and a lot of them are doing just like consulting for an hourly wage or whatever. But some of these guys have ideas for tech products and I would posit that the thing that's missing is they don't know how to run a business. Yeah. Like they don't actually, they, they can probably build decent software. I mean, even decent software can make money. Crappy software sometimes can make money. We've seen that too. <laughs> um, but they don't really know, they don't understand. It, I'm, I'm going to put it the way that it was, it was painted to Grant a few weeks ago. We had a, we had a woman reach out to us who um, had this idea for a thing that she thinks is missing in her industry. and. When, when Grant, when Grant was trying to explain to her, like, we need to do the, the, you know, the reason we do our startup programming, our startup program before we build an MVP and, you know, spend a bunch of time and money is because we need to understand the user. And she was like, oh, she's like, 
this is going to be huge. It'll sell itself. This is that same mentality of if I build an app and put it on the app store, I'm going to be a millionaire. Right. People forget that if nobody knows your app is there, if nobody knows your products on the web, it's not like, it's not like the web is, I don't even know. Like I can't even come up. I mean, look at, look at a grocery store. When you walk into a grocery store and you go to the, the pasta sauce aisle, I mean, it's almost a whole aisle. Yeah. How does one thing stand out from another? Yeah. It comes down to the packaging and whether or not you've heard about it somewhere else and you're looking for it. You will, you will not notice 90% of the brands of pasta sauce available because you're looking for the one that you've seen on TV and heard on the radio a gazillion times. And how many people do that? They get to that aisle and they go, Ragu, I've heard of that. That's yeah, a good exactly. brand. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's I good. I was just going to, that's the only, that's, I know there's a whole bunch of brands, but I, and I would recognize them instantly as soon as I saw them. Prego. Prego. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, a, Ragu's the one that sticks because it's the <laughs> one that actually was used sometimes in childhood. Yeah. Is it any good? I don't know. Who it tasted knows? good when I was a kid. I'll get it now. It's cream tomatoes. I mean, right. you know. <laughs> So use a lot of cheese. That's right. So what's interesting about, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about our journey as an entrepreneur, but what's interesting is having a skill in a particular industry or having knowledge of something in a particular industry might give you great ideas. And it might even get you to the point where you have a product available in the market to sell. Doesn't mean people are seeing it or buying it. Right. And I think that's a distinction that a lot of tech, technology people, you know, they were like, oh, I have this idea and I have the skills to build it. Let me go build it. And then you're like sitting there like, why isn't anybody coming to my website? Why isn't, you know. Because they didn't document it. Yeah, because they, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't write documentation. So, you know, we, we did a series about getting to know all of us. And so if you're curious about why each of us was interested in sort of making this leap and, you know, at, at what could be considered the height of our careers and our earning potential, we were like, let's go out on our own because it sounds really great. To let's make work. a fraction of what we were making before. <laughs> yeah, this sounds, this seems like the perfect time to go broke. Um, <laughs> uh, but what's, what, what may or may not be obvious is that for the clients who come on board with us, they get it almost instantly. They get why we do what we do. And, and specifically, I'm talking about why do we do something like our startup program before we ever develop software for someone? And it's because we don't want people wasting their money. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's because, you know, they spend money on something they don't really understand. You know, do you really understand the problem you're trying to solve? That's the most important part of any project, any business that you're taking on, regardless of whether it's tech related or not, you're saying there's a problem, there's a hole, there's a problem. I want to fill it. That's what and she I, said. That, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and I think I understand how to solve that problem really, really well because I've experienced that problem, right? So usually it comes out of some pain that we experience or that we are close to in some way, right? So the first piece is understanding the problem. The second piece is how much do people who also have the problem, if I understand the problem well now, how much do they resonate with what I'm proposing to solve it? 
Having all of that information may dramatically change what you thought you needed to build or how you thought you needed to structure a business or what your solution really looks like. And if you went right to building something from your first understanding and not getting the rest of that foundation of knowledge, you are going to spend more money because you Mm -hmm. were wrong or you didn't actually have enough of a market. So why am I saying this? I'm saying it because we had this problem. So when we started out, we, it was like April of 2017, I yep. want to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all got together and we were like, man, we, we want to do something. Uh, I, I probably have the most business side experience. These guys are far more technically capable than I am. Um, and we said, okay, there, there, we could create something. Like, what would we want to do? I had had the idea for a long time that I've built enough businesses in my career, whether for myself or for other people or working with other companies to fix their businesses, whatever that was, I've built a lot of businesses. And I was like, wouldn't it be interesting to run an incubator? <laughs> like, and, and, and we'll, we'll do it hedge fund style where we have this long-term strategy of, um, we take a small percentage in all the businesses that we help in exchange, you know, we get some equity, we charge them less cash up front. And over the next five to 10 years, we'll build a hedge fund that will be a little bit of a bunch of businesses making us money, whether we're working or not. I just wanted to open a bar on the beach in Mexico. Uh, that is looking better and better to me every day. <laughs> um, and And this sounded like a brilliant plan, right? And so what did we do in typical developer fashion? We're like, we can totally do this. Like all it is, is our time, right? So we got a couple of projects. We dove right into building them. I, I, we charged almost no cash up front. The, I think the very, the very, very first project we started, we didn't even charge them cash, which we found out was a huge mistake because they had nothing invested. Yep. We were way more invested than they were. And it showed up very quickly in terms of, almost, I mean, like almost no sales. They, they do nothing with it now. It's been two and a half years. And I mean, there's almost nothing happening with it, which is a huge shame. Um, the, the very first client that we did charge some upfront, he's one of our biggest successes. That's yeah. PubTech. We talk about him all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that his success is directly correlate to the fact that he spent money, but the fact that he was willing to spend money to get into our incubator was a much better indicator of his willingness to spend money in other places where he needed to in order to be successful. It's one of many signals that we've learned. Yes. And are continuing to learn to identify that this person is in it for the they're long They're in it. Yeah, they're yeah. in it. Um, so for the first year and a half, we just were like building projects. Like when they would come along, we would all talk about them. We would say, yeah, this seems pretty cool and this diversifies our portfolio, but it's still in an area of tech that we feel like we can be successful. Let's do it. Yeah. And about a year and a half in, it was about a year ago this time. Almost a year. Yeah, almost a year ago. Last, it was November of 2018. Mm -hmm. We were like, we don't make any money. (laughs) And And it's because... Our initial strategy is a long-term strategy. That's what a hedge fund is. It's a long-term strategy. We have short-term cash flow needs. Like we have to pay rent. Yeah. And we have to, you know, we got to put gas in our cars. Like we were, we paid ourselves almost nothing for the first two years, right? It was mm-hmm. almost two years. Mm-hmm. So we learned the same lesson that a lot of people are learning. Now, why were we able to get over that that sort of like hump of figuring out 
how do we make money in the short term while we make money in the long term? Uh, the reason why is because we had a couple projects early on that had some success and early on that had some failure. Like we had one that was a total bust and one that is doing really, really well. And so we had something to compare it to, right? So this is how our startup program came to be because we realized if we had been able to do this in our own business from the beginning and look and see how would we find successful projects or not successful projects, we would have done it. If somebody had said to us, but how will you know which projects are going to be successful? We would have been like, oh, we probably need some criteria. Right. But nobody said that. It seemed like such a great idea. And we looked at companies like Techstars and Boomtown and Innosphere and even Y Combinator. And we were like, look, they're successful working with early stage companies. We just didn't realize that they have a whole bunch of criteria. (laughs) So I'm curious, you guys... What's been your experience over the last two and a half, almost three years, getting to the place where we are, where we finally actually know what our ideal client looks like? We understand the process of how do we, how do we find those people and sell to them? How do we close those deals? And, and we're, we're just hitting that point where we're getting enough referrals, sources, and things like that, where we're starting to actually make a living doing it. Like, what's been your experience? You know, talk about, start with the ups and downs, right? Because those are huge. And I know that, I know that Grant, you experienced the down probably more. And just in the last few weeks, we've had some wins and you've been on sort of the upswing and it's palpable. You can feel it. Every time we walk into the office together, I get energized and excited. Yeah. Right? Why is that? Like, nothing's actually changed yet. So why is it? There's a sense that it's it is changing. I think you know we're there's you know we're getting interest. Uh, we are closing some more deals. We just closed yeah. one on Friday, right? Yeah. Um. So I I think w- we had this theory, and it took a little refinement over the past probably nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Plus or minus. Yeah. Um. And now it seems like it's starting to play out. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's like they always say, it just takes some patience. You just got to keep going because when you're at that down period, you're like, is this ever, yeah. we said that, how many times have we said, is this ever going to work? Yes. We've said it to each other. We said it to our marketing firm, other people, you know, it's just, and you know, thankfully a lot of those people were very encouraging and they said, just keep going, you know, yep. you know, keep making little refinements here yep. and there. Yep which we will continue to do. We, and we do continue to make those refinements, but um, I think that's what that, that electricity in the air. I mean, Friday um, I walked past buzz, you know, a guy here in the office and he was like, what's going on? You guys are just suddenly there's people in and out. Yeah. He's like, who are these people? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out though. So, but it's distinct from, so we, One of the biggest pieces of advice I often find myself giving to our entrepreneurs is you have to keep going. I mean, that, that is one of the defining successful people. They keep going. People who stop, there's no way to be successful if you stop. Right. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you get through the downs? Like what keeps you going? You know, what's interesting I've noticed with us, especially since there's three of us, at any given point, there could be one of us that's down and another one of us is always up. 
at mm. that point. We do a really good job of balancing each other in that way. And the, and the other person is like, eh, okay, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. You know, it's pretty rare. That, that all three that, of us are like I don't doom know, and gloom. I don't know that there's ever been a time when it's all three of us. I don't know that there has either. Maybe two out of the three. Yeah. And I guess the two of, of us will draw some inspiration, some energy off of that third person. Yeah. Um, but so there's there's an argument for having co-founders. Yeah. Uh, and I can understand how, how difficult it could be doing it solo. building a solid team around you as quickly as you can. Yes. And, and you know, I think... One of the things that's useful for us, and I, you know, I'm obviously, I live with David. I have, an, I have a, a different kind of relationship with him than I hope the two of you have. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure uh, you. <laughs> um, but the thing, the thing about David is he believes in us. Yeah. Like, I mean, originally he believed in too. me. Yeah, he's a great cheerleader for us. Yeah. Originally he believed in me. That's, that's what had him. He, he is our, our other investor, our sort of silent, silent partner in the mm. company. Um, but after having worked with you guys and seen what you, what you're able to produce and seen how you operate and the integrity with which you bring to the effort, he, he's, he's drunk Kool-Aid. Like yeah. he is oftentimes that third party observer who can come in and be like, Hey guys, but remember all the, all these places that you've been and how far you've come and it's just around the corner, like keep the faith. Right. And so I don't know about you guys, but for me, oftentimes that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And he's always right there with it. So I think having people like that around you makes a difference. But I think the distinction is, is he's not, he's not telling us what we want to hear. He's no. not just being a cheerleader. I mean, no. he's, it's genuine. Yeah. I think that's really he important because, um, you know, I feel like everybody in their lives and I'm sure we have it too, have people in our you know, in our circle who are telling us what, not disingenuously at no, all, no, no, They're telling, no. but they are kind of telling us what we want to hear. Yeah. Because in fact, they, I, they I, want I to have make you happy. in mind some people and that's fine. I, I'm not faulting them, but you have to recognize that right. and make sure you pay attention to the ones who are genuine. Right. The um, ones who see the vision. Yes. And they're almost, you know, holding it out there for you when you can't hold it for yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think any one of us could say that there hasn't been a point when, when we have either on our own or with each other sat back and gone, I mean, are we crazy? Yeah. Are we crazy? I, I, I think it would That's be just part of the, yeah, I think it would be disingenuous to pretend like we're not, we, we, we haven't like thought we're not that. crazy. No. Yeah. <laughs> we may be crazy. I mean, we may, we may very well be, but that doesn't mean this can't work. Right. You know, and I think that's what we're finally starting to right. see. I may be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just may be the lunatic you're looking for. <laughs> so you're awful quiet over there, Grant. What do you, what do you think about this? It's very hard for me to um, self-reflect over a long term. Mm. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, which I have for a while now mm -hmm. from amount of work, um, and feeling like I'm not contributing in places that I normally would or could or should. You know, you talked about Davey, talk about other, it's, it, it's having the other perspectives mm. that re that's what it takes to reassure one, one is, one is, or isn't crazy or to what degree one is being optimistic or pessimistic or crazy about something or unrealistic. Yeah. Really. That's the thing is you get thoughts and I get, you know, I get feelings and thoughts and, I don't know how realistic they are because yeah. they're feelings. And so, yeah, when you can talk to somebody else 
Um, somebody who's a supportive person for you normally and talk to them about what's going on. It reassures you that I'm not crazy. Yeah. This is other, this is what other people have gone through Yeah, to get there. And, you know, like you were saying about sticking with it. I mean, that, that so many of these important things seem to boil down to these bizarrely simple, profound profundities um, you know, thinking about the book, Think and Grow Rich, some of the statements where you look at, you know, that's too simplistic. And then you look at it and it's like, you know, like how, if you quit, you can't win. You can't right. possibly win if you quit the path, the, the journey. Yeah. And it's just that people are, well, I don't want to, people are worried that they might spend a lot of resources going down the wrong path. Right. And so they pat themselves on the back because they cut that journey short. Mm. but I think that there's a, you know, there's a difference. I think people are willing to cut that, that journey short faster than before the evidence has mounted that says this is the wrong path. Right. Um, and I think that there's sort of a, a little perverse human pleasure that we get out of, you know, like I said, if I, if I stopped, I worked on this business for a year or two and then I, I stopped and I pat myself on the back because yeah, I was, you know, I was using up all our savings, et cetera, et cetera. And I called off that unrealistic thing. Um, it sort of reminds me of, we have a team and tendency to predict the the worst outcomes or right. bad outcomes. Right. You know? Right. Ah, oh, they fumbled again. They're going to blow the whole game. Yeah. How do I know? That's three hours away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody identifies with that. We know what that's like. And there's, there's something weird about it. Like, well, then at least when we where we won't be let down. Right. Then at least we were prepared for the negative outcome. Right. And we sort of congratulate ourselves somehow on, on, you know, oh, it's going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but why do we do that? Mm. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's weird because it's, it's just really a, it's a negative way of looking at the future. Yeah. One thing that I'm thinking about as you're talking that what you're saying is reminding me that we went a long time without ever saying what our goals were. I mean, literally, That's this true. was like two months ago. We were like, we don't have milestones. We don't know what we're trying to hit. We don't know. We don't even have like conditions of satisfaction laid out for ourselves to be able to say, where are we in relationship to what we said we wanted to do and by when? Right. And how often do do people set out on a journey and it becomes a slog because you don't have anything to measure yourself by. Right. You're like, we're just going to keep doing this until. Until we either wear out or it pays or off. Or it pays off. Yeah. And it's like. But we're not saying when we're going to look and say, you know, if the tank reaches a quarter empty, we're turning around. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how do you know, how do you know the difference between slogging and small wins if you don't have, if you don't have that mapped out, right? And, yeah, if and you haven't set that out ahead of time in some fashion or have something a little specific in mind, how do it's you know? gonna, you're going to be going at your whim. Yeah. You know, if you have a really bad day, bad things happen. It's like, you know, this business has just been sucking the life out of me and it's never going to get anywhere. I'm, I'm giving up. Exactly. Because it was a bad day. Exactly. So I read this book earlier in the year. I recommend it to everyone. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And, um, he, he is, he's ex-Navy ex SEAL. He now runs these ultra marathons, you know, 100 miles 
Um, and one of the things, one of the concepts that he has as far as running goes that he applies to life, and I don't remember backstops. He calls them backstops. Okay. And he says, at any given point in the race, I check in periodically on my backstops. So I know two hours in, I should be here. If I'm uh, not here, yeah. then what oh, do I need to do to get to here? To step it up. Yeah. Just, I gotta, I, yep. I'm, I'm going to have to step it up. Yep. Otherwise, I'm not going to, because then that just falls. I'm going to miss all the other backstops behind that. Yep. And, and, but a key piece of that, I feel like, is almost stopping for a second yeah. in this race, stop running, stop and look around. Where am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in our situation, you know, this race of this business, stopping for a second, poking our heads up and going, where are we? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of looking back and going, look what we've actually achieved. Right. You know, right. It may not seem like a lot. Right. But we've actually built a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because how often yeah, people sure are looking at my LinkedIn profile these days. <laughs> <laughs> how often are people setting out and the only the only milestone they have that they're working towards is the acquisition or mm-hmm. that big sale or that, you know, I need to have 20 million dollars in the bank. Like there, there's so much that happens between here and there that is an indicator, like you say, of am I on track for that? Am I behind? Am I ahead? You know, do I have a little bit more leeway to maybe try some stuff out and take a little bit more risk because I'm ahead? Yeah. And if you have no relationship to where you are in the larger goal, whatever that might be, how do you know if you're doing the right things or not? How do you know when you need to course correct? And for us, that was sort of like it hit me. You know, Grant Grant said this thing, this was probably like six months ago or eight months ago. We we do our our monthly sort of um board meetings or if you will, you know, where we all get together and here's the state of the union and here's what we're working on and here's it's the all hands meeting. It's all the six. all hands, all six, all six, <laughs> sometimes eight if David shows up. Um and he, you know, I was sort of like talking through all these different strategies and stuff, and he goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, Cynthia, you're like already out of the plane and I don't even have my parachute on yet. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not there. And he was right because in my mind I was already 12 or 15 steps ahead and leaving my business partners behind in the dust and not recognizing that they may have different conditions of satisfaction to keep going than I do. I just saw a tumbleweed blow by. Yeah. And so we, we, we got to the point where we sat down and said, okay, guys, in order for you to feel like you can keep playing the game we're playing, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And when do you need it by? And, and now we actually. Unlimited pork rinds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, if that's all it is done, like done. As the keto, as a resident keto specialist here, I can get on board with that. <laughs> So what's happened is now I can look at our sales and marketing efforts. I can look at the deals that are in our pipeline and what we're closing and how long it's taking those to close. And I can say, do we need to add something else? You know, are we going to hit the conditions of satisfaction that we have said, this is how we know we're winning or not? I know very clearly whether or not we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And so if it comes to a point where somebody says, uh, this I, it's not enough wins for me. Nobody will be surprised by that, right? Like, how many times have we heard stories of 
I just talked to a woman like two weeks ago who's had three different technical co-founders in the time that she's been working on what she's working on. And I'm like, why is that? Well, because she has a different set of conditions of satisfaction that keep her going and they aren't on board with that same set of conditions of satisfaction. And she hasn't been related to what does it take to satisfy these people? And what do I need to do to make sure that they're getting what they need so that they want to continue to go on the journey with me? Because having different different definitions is okay. Yeah, I think all three fine. of our definitions are probably slightly different yeah. at least. It's just that being aware of it together and knowing how, so, okay, now I know this is what you need and this is what you need and this is what I need. So let's figure out how to meet How those. do we meet that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So it's, just, it's, it's interesting that we have not been immune in our own business. You know, I, I do a startup therapy couch video every week. It's, it's usually two minutes or less. I try and keep them under a minute. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's getting harder because the nuggets of wisdom take it. Yeah. <laughs> Grant has been watching the office. If you can't tell. Uh, he, yeah. He, he's, he's, <laughs> Grant, <laughs> Grant has gone bye bye. What have you got left, Daryl? Um, <laughs> uh, but the purpose of those those nuggets, if you watch them, you will see our journey as much as our entrepreneurs' journeys. Yep. You know, and I I think it would be disingenuous of us to to say we can help you build a successful business if we haven't gone through the ups and downs, if all we ever had was success from the beginning and we never went through the struggle to get to the place where we're like, Oh, we understand the struggle. How would anybody, how would anybody trust us? How would anybody relate to us as we have been there? Trust us. You can't, it's, it's like, I'm going to use this example. I know people are going to complain. That's fine. I don't trust Oprah. Every time she comes out with a weight loss thing, I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying. I don't believe it because you've never been thin. Now, maybe she's felt good for herself and that's great for her. She has not met my condition of satisfaction for my, my, my body outwardly. So I don't trust it. I'm not going there. I'm sorry. I don't buy. Well, and, and, and that's a good analogy too, because it's a little hard to relate to a billionaire woman, right? Who's been in business for 40, almost 40 years versus, you know, someone who's just well, getting started. I'm talking about from a weight loss perspective. I, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah. that, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know? I see what you're saying. I see you mean, what you're like saying. Like the Grateful yeah. Dead Rehab Center? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, to- it, it's like it. It, but it is like a rehab center like Betty Ford or, or, or some of these that all the stars go to and they keep falling off the damn wagon. And you're like, okay, why, why that makes you, that? Yeah. That? I mean, I mean, in, in that case, it's kind of like, well, the program only works if you work the program. Right. But you still kind of start to question, like, does it really work for everybody though? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so it, it, it would be the equivalent of, getting a business coach who's never had a successful business. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about all the, all of the life coaches out there. Yeah. You know, and I'm not knocking Anthony Robbins, but I've heard Joe Rogan say, he's like, you know, what has, what has Anthony Robbins got, gone through to be able to talk about these things? I'm right. not saying he hasn't. Right. It is more of 
he doesn't seem to talk about those things right. that he's gone through, and yet he's doling out this advice. My guess is because it's he seems to be very effective, and he seems to do to to know what he's talking. about. He used about. to talk about that stuff, washing his dishes in the bathtub. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. I I I think the overall average perception is that he doesn't talk about it because that was my perception. Yeah. And Joe Rogan's as well. And so you have that in the back of your head of why should I listen to this guy? Has he gone through what I'm going through? So I, think he has, I went to a session. Denver Startup Week was the middle of September. I went to a session that was about emotional intelligence, and it was it was. Uh, a topic that was, you know, proposed and put on by this guy. I think he was a designer. He kept saying he was a creative and I didn't really understand. Does, does he mean that in terms of like, he's a designer, like a graphic designer? Was that what he's talking about? I don't know. I don't know. But what was interesting is he started the session by saying why, you know, talking about his credentials and whatever. And he was like, well, why, why am I talking about emotional intelligence? Why am I qualified to talk about this? Like, why did I take on this topic? And he said, he puts up a picture of himself as a four-year-old kid standing in front of a Christmas tree. And he said, this was me at four years old. And I wasn't a very happy child. I had a lot of trauma in my childhood. And then he went right into the talk. <laughs> so immediately he had a chance to make it relatable to right. us, to have everybody in the audience who had something traumatic or wasn't happy as a child or whatever relate to him so that they could understand the principles he was saying he got out of having that childhood experience. But he didn't tell it. I had a traumatic childhood. Just trust me on that. Yeah. <laughs> they took my phone away for a whole month. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, and what Come I- Come on, Drutz, give me some samples. Come on. What I found right? was interesting is then every time he made a generalization. So one of, one of the generalizations he made was that all CEOs manage from the top down. I don't. I am not that way. Yeah. I am the bottom feeder in every managerial type role that I take on. I do the worst jobs. I make sure that people have everything they need. I have the hardest conversations with people. Like I manage bottom up, but he made a generalization. And because I couldn't relate to where he got that, I was immediately turned off. Yeah. Mm, can you stop listening as much? And yeah, I stopped listening start, as much. So then the very with a critical. Exactly. Ear. So then the next thing I heard him say was he was talking about emotional intelligence and some facets of this and how few people in the general population are actually able to name their feelings when they have them, which is true. It is true. It's very yeah. true. You know what? I'm a recovering disordered eater. One of the very first things they teach you to do is how to name your feelings so that you don't eat them. The very next statement I heard him make after he was talking about how, how people have a difficult time talking, you know, naming their feelings, no CEO can do it. <laughs> and yet here you are in the audience. And I'm like, and you're thinking, well, the feeling I'm feeling right now is pissed off. Exactly. I'm feeling pretty pissed and pretty frustrated and pretty like you are a liar. Yeah. Not that he was a liar, but he never set up the things so that I felt like I was on the journey with him and I could forgive the generalization. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. It was like, you make some blanket statements that in some scenarios, in some contexts, okay, you know, well, that, that part's not true for me. That's fine. Yeah. Or. Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the holdout. I'm, if you haven't I'm, gotten me there and it's like, you're full of shit. Yeah, exactly. You're full of it. You're full exactly. of it. That's not true for me. That's not true for me. Exactly. And I ended up walking out about 15 minutes in because I was like, this is a waste of my time. Yeah. 
So all that to say, when you can relate to, you know, our William, who is William Lepesco, who's the CEO of PopTech, who we've been working with for almost two years now, a little over two years now, he's gone through the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. And he knew he could call me because I've been there. We've seen him go through the ups and downs. We've, we've seen, seen him it. really frustrated and we explained that this oh my is gosh. whatever. And, and then, you know, he's still frustrated, but he's, he's kind of yeah, come he's down a little out bit. Of it. And then the next day he's fine. You know, and there's times where, you know, he's in a mad rush to fundraise to keep up with the money that he needs to be spending in order to put out the product. And, and the, the struggle of that and the, the frustration and the fear. Mm-hmm. And he'll call me because he knows I get it. Yeah. He knows I get it. He knows all three of us get it because we have been in that. How do we make ends meet and get over the hump of, you know, it's now everything's flowing and the deals are flowing and we have a, we have a dependable, reliable pipeline. Like, how do we get there? He's, he's, he knows that we have been there, mm-hmm. that we are still in some ways just sort of cresting over that, that hump right now, you know? And so it would be much harder for him to feel like he could call me and have me be supportive and talk him through that or answer questions or just listen if I didn't understand what he was talking about. I was like, I don't know. You must be doing something wrong because we've never had cash flow problems. <laughs> or, or more specifically that he didn't believe that you knew. Exactly. Or if we just exactly. said, William, here's a picture of us at four years old and we had a traumatic childhood. <laughs> exactly. So let's, so, so let's move on. And you're a CEO, so I know you can't name your feelings. That's <laughs> right. And I know and that, I mean, you know, you shit all over the all the down. people in your, in your organization. Uh, it's now, just, there's another bottom up CEO, right? William, yeah. William has yes. done every freaking job. He has done every business. job and he never takes for granted when people do those jobs well. Not one time have I ever seen him do it. Right. Not once. And he never relates like I'm the top of the pyramid and, you you know, everybody. Rep- no, he's like, oh, that's going to fall. I'm over here. Oh, that's OK. He's like, I got I got it. I got it, guys. It's all good. It's all good. Even things that. Yeah. I mean, I I've, I don't I've, know if he can name his feelings because, I, I you can't know, speak to that, I mean, but, he is an engineer at heart. He was yeah. a, he was a civil and electrical engineer, you know, but <laughs> so he may not be able to name his feelings. I don't know. But. Are you saying, are you making a blanket generalization that engineers can't name their feelings? <laughs> nope. I call that one Sally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is George. I talk to George when I feel bad. <laughs> not sure what that means, but. <laughs> All right. Well, this kind of took an interesting direction. I guess, I guess if we, if we wanted to leave you with something if you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking about being an entrepreneur or maybe you've built businesses, maybe you haven't, everything that you're going through, anybody who has really been in building a business and who has put all of their effort and all of their time and all, I mean, all of their money, all of every, all pieces of themselves into trying to do that and do it well, they will get it. They will get it. Um, and our journey has been exactly the same. And, and it's ironic because our business is about building businesses, but we've had all the same experience building the business of building businesses. Yeah. So, um, it's incubateception. That's right. Incubateception. <laughs> <laughs> it's meta. Is it metabate? It's no, meta. that just gets oh, no, too no, weird. No, 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 <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> Metabater. <laughs> <laughs> 
And on that note, any <laughs> any last parting thoughts you guys wow. want to leave anybody with? <laughs> just just like keep that. swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do with swimming, swimming? <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks for coming along on our journey. And uh, we we empathize and sympathize with your journey, wherever you are in it. Um, and your traumatic childhood. And your traumatic childhood. We're right there with you. We, we also had a traumatic childhood. Just trust us. Uh, this has been uh, Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia for Incubate This and Podcast Partnership with The Rika Show. And we will see you guys next time. This episode of Incubate This was brought to you by gotanappidea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at gotanappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.